0: Welcome to the Kenmore Church Podcast. We are all about filling hearts and fueling mission. We hope this content builds your heart and mind and equips you to reveal Jesus in this season of your life. Wonderful. Did you enjoy it so far? Wonderful, because uh, God is here through His Spirit and through What Jesus did on the cross for us, we're one body, uh, one church, and it's a wonderful privilege for me and Marinda to be with you this morning. I believe we are living in exciting times for the church. Uh, Do you know that five million people are moving to cities every month worldwide? I want to repeat it again, five million people are moving to cities worldwide every month. This is an opportunity for the church. Do you think so? This is an incredible opportunity for the church to reach out and touch people's hearts. Cities has become mission fields. People from all over the world are moving to cities. And we thank the Lord for missionaries that went out to mission fields, but... Uh, times has changed and cities have become mission fields. And that's why I believe uh, that the church has an opportunity uh, like never before. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against thee. Do you believe that? Jesus said, I will build my church. Uh, although there are challenges, although there are a coronavirus virus going around, Jesus said, I will build my church. And I think people are thinking about God more now than ever before. Because of this virus. And it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity for us to reach out and touch people's hearts. That's why I'm part of the City Changes movement that started a few years ago. Where we bring church leaders together for greater impact in cities. Every church is trying its best. To make a difference Is that true? You're trying your best. The church next door is trying their best, but together we can do more. And we've seen it the past few years where we started this process, this journey of bringing church leaders together. A few months ago we had a conference here where Alan Platt was one of the speakers and just told the story of what the Lord is busy doing worldwide. And I'm here this morning to encourage you as a congregation to trust the Lord for breakthroughs, to trust the Lord for this community, to trust the Lord that people will come to the Lord and that they will become Christians and believers of the great gospel that we preach every Sunday. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.9 that we are co-workers with God in this process. Jesus said, I will build my church. But we are part of the process. Paul says, we are co-workers. Isn't that an incredible uh, thought? Just to think, if somebody asks you, where do you work or uh, whom you work with? You can say, I'm working with God. <laughs> that will be a little bit of a shock to people. But that's, this is what is really happening as Christians, as believers. We are co-workers with God in this process. And it's really... wonderful privilege now just for you to understand me better my first language is Afrikaans and I believe there's a few Afrikaners here as well can you just raise your hands wonderful look at all the hands I feel more at home than ever before so uh, and I believe that we are going to speak Afrikaans in heaven (laughs) so you better wake up and do something just that that's just a joke uh, but my second language is English, so bear with me, please. Years ago, I was ministering in a large church in Lusaka in Zambia, Africa, and they had three morning services. There was a big church, great church, and I was preaching and at a certain point at the first service. I wanted to say something about that uh, you must also give your tithes to the Lord, and I got a bit confused, and I said, you must give your thighs to the Lord. <laughs> that was a bit shocking. New revelation. And uh, so I want to warn you, be, be ready for some <laughs> new revelations this morning. <laughs> David in Psalm 139 says, Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me ...in my mother's womb. I thank you, I God, your breathtaking body and soul I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something... Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, listen, all prepared before I even lived one day. Isn't that incredible? Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. Isn't isn't this an incredible portion of scripture where where David had this revelation, how God formed him in his mother's womb, you were also formed by God and created in the image of God. And that's why I believe that every one of us is born for a specific purpose. Every one of us is born to make a difference in this world. The devil and the forces of darkness will try to keep you from achieving your purpose. The result, you will live a life of frustration without experiencing fulfillment. And unfortunately, there are millions of people waking up every day without fulfillment. They think it's in money, it's in sex, it's in material things. They think it's uh, the position, the motor car you drive, the house you live in. But we know the only fulfillment we can have is in Christ. Jesus is the only solution for the world. So many people don't experience it. They live in depression, become suicidal. Eight people a day commit suicide in Australia. Every day, eight people. And I think 80 try to commit suicide. That's the state of the world. And it's all over the world. The problem, loneliness, is a big problem. But people don't have friends anymore. They don't know their neighbors. We live in a sick community. And that's why I believe with 5 million people coming to, 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 to cities monthly, The challenge becomes bigger and bigger, and that's why I believe that God has called us in a time like this that you will understand that there's a purpose on my life. Ephesians 2, 10 says, and uh, Michaela read it uh, this morning, he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. Incredible. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Another translation says, for we are his workmanship. The Greek work is poem. You are God's poem. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So you are created in Christ Jesus. You are God's poem for this world. You are God's poem for the city. You are God's poem for Kenmore. And people must look at you and discover that you've got something that they don't have. And that's why we are here this morning to each encourage each other to understand that, that God has called you to make a difference in this area. And that's why I want to share a few keys uh, for unlocking a radical heart. I believe that you are busy with the theme radical heart, and that's why I just want to give you a few keys that has helped me, that can help you to have a radical heart. Uh, if you don't have a a radical heart, the opposite is a moderate heart. It's an average heart. So you must decide, do you want to live an average life with an average heart? Or do do you want to be radical and say, Lord, you have called me, you have formed me in my mother's womb. I'm recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm I'm not saved by good works, but after I've been saved, I want to do good works. Amen? I want to have an impact for, uh, to people around me. And that's why this word will help me and you again to understand we need radical hearts in the time we are live. There are many challenges outside. But if we can develop a radical heart, that can uh, bring hope to other people as well. This, these few keys will help you to lay a foundation for a radical lifestyle. When you look at the book of Acts, they, will, they lived radically in that time. They went from house to house. Miracles happened on the streets. People were delivered. And they were accused that they turned their world upside down. You can look and go and read it in the book of Acts. They were accused of turning their world, their cities, upside down. And I believe it's time for the church to turn our cities upside down in a good sense. To, to, to spread the good news that we will be a aroma. Uh, uh, of, of goodness in this city. So key number one I want to give you, and we sang about it this morning and it blessed my heart. You can, uh, key number one is about the goodness of God. You can never go wrong with the goodness of God. It is the cornerstone that anchors your faith. Psalm 23:6. listen to David. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not just some days, all the days. Although it doesn't feel like that. When you get up tomorrow morning, what do they call that day? Monday. (laughs) You say, oh Lord, where's your goodness? I don't feel any goodness now. I don't want to get out of bed. (laughs) And we grew up with this idea, when it's Friday, we always say, thank God, it's Friday. But their attitudes must change as if you have got a radical heart. You must get up on a Monday morning and say, Thank God! It's Monday! (laughs) Will you try tomorrow? (laughs) Your, Your wife won't believe what you are saying. Thank God! It's Monday! I'm going to take Sunday's faith into Monday's workplace. That is a radical heart. Otherwise, we just live an average life. A moderate life. But I think the challenges are so big. People are looking for people with hope. And you've got hope inside of you because Christ dwells in you. Christ in us. The Bible says, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in you, Christ in me, will bring hope to people. And it doesn't mean you must walk in with your Bible under your arm. No, just smile to people. Greet them. Say, God bless you. It's wonderful to see you again. And just be enthusiastic about uh, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And when we get together on the Sunday, we can celebrate the goodness of God. Amen? I think we are all challenged to do this. Experience the goodness of God. If you set your heart on pursuing the goodness of God, you're always headed in the right direction. Otherwise, you'll find yourself in troubled waters. The devil will try to let you doubt in the goodness of God. He will say, look at the negative situations in your life. God is not really good to you. And he wants you to doubt in the goodness of God. And when that happens, you won't have a radical heart. He will become an average Christian, a moderate Christian. But I believe if we can stay positive on the word that God tells us, that He's a good God. He wants to help us. He wants to bless us. He wants to carry us every day of our lives. In Psalm 27, verse 1 to 4, David wrote the following, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. And then he says the following. I had fainted. Unless I believed. To see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. David said sometimes I felt like fainting. The pressures of life are so big. But the goodness of the Lord. Pulled me through. What a testimony. Psalm 33 verse 8 says. Oh taste. And see. That the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. And I want to encourage you. To believe in the goodness of God. To believe that God is a good Father. And to trust Him every day when you woke up. And say, Lord, Father, thank you. That you are a good Father. You will carry me through. You will help me. If God is for us, says Paul in Romans 8.31. Who will be against us? And I want you to read and to pray with me the following, let's go to that prayer on the next piece of paper, there it is, pray and declare, are you ready, all together let's pray together, I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, the Lord has stored up goodness for me and is ready to lavish it over my life. The Lord will bless me and enlarge my territory. His hand and favor will be so evident in my life. Amen. I believe that you're also in a time of prayer, of 40 days of prayer. So make this prayer part of your 40 day journey. To say, Lord, I believe, I'm confident that you are a good, good father. I will trust you with my life. Key number two you want to live with a radical heart, then faith and perseverance is very important. Although we have faith, however, without perseverance, we will not see breakthroughs becoming a reality. Hebrews 11.6 says, No one can please God without faith. For whoever comes to God must have faith that God exists and rewards those who seek Him. Hebrews 6.12 says, So that you may not be lazy. Listen but imitators of those who through faith and patience. And this is the point I want to make. It's good to have faith, but you have to add patience, endurance. Faith and patience inherit the promises. In the message it says, don't drag your feet. Like on the Monday morning. (laughs) Be like those who say the cause with committed faith. Committed faith. And then get everything promised to them. It's not just to have faith. In order to see the purposes of God coming to pass your life, you cannot have faith without perseverance. Faith and perseverance go hand in hand. You need to have a bulldog determination. Refusing to let go and give up attitude. Jacob was such a person. He was promised. His wife Rachel But he had to persist and endure with patience for 14 years. Man, that's a story. (laughs) I take off my hat for him. 14 years before Rachel became his wife. So this is something of, Lord, I trust you. But sometimes it doesn't happen quickly. And we are in a quick generation. Everything must happen now. Even it must has happened yesterday. Genesis 32, 26 says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is Jacob now. Then the man said, your name will be no more called Jacob but Israel, for you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. Because Jacob persisted and did not give up, he was blessed with a new identity from being mediocre to being blessed. So if you want to have a radical heart, there is something of perseverance of a committed faith and say so, Lord I want to trust you in my workplace that there will come a different uh, uh, that some things will change Lord my boss he's not an easy guy it's not easy to work with him, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. In my, in my relationships, Lord, things are not going well. In my marriage, things are not going well, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. I want to have a radical heart. I want to be a, a, a disciple of Jesus in 2020 that can, that can influence a community, and Lord, help me with my struggles, help me with my limitations, and help me to get through this because I trust you. And you will see a radical heart will come to the front. I believe as you persist in faith and endurance and believe in the Lord's goodness over your life, the Lord will begin to change your identity from lack, poverty, sick, depressed, unhappy, unfulfilled, to blessed, happy, thriving, and having more than enough, and also making a difference in your community. I believe that. Jesus said, I have come that you have, have, made, have life Abundantly. And I believe that's, that's the picture of a, of a uh, radical heart. Where, where you overflow. David says, my cup is running over. Are you living from a cup that is running over of just a half full cup? So you can decide and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Isaiah 28, 16 says, whoever believes will not act hastily, will not be in a hurry. Sometimes when we ask the Lord certain things, it doesn't come immediately, and then we get frustrated, and we say, God is not good anymore, but I want to challenge you to live with a radical heart, is to persevere, and say, Lord, I trust you, I'm Standing on the promises of God. I trust you, Lord. Every promise in the Bible is yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's why I take every promise I can get. And I I trust you, Lord. And I put it up somewhere on my fridge or on on my door or somewhere I can see it. And I, I read it out and I stand on the promises and say, Lord, I trust you. I want to live with a radical heart. Pray and declare the following with me. Are you ready for the second prayer? Let's pray together. Let's go. Right. Are you ready? Let's pray. Because of God's immeasurable goodness, I will thrive and not strive. I will persevere in the promises of God with joy, hope, and peace. I am strong, determined, courageous, and full of faith. I will not let go of God's promises until I see them come to pass. Can we get an amen? Amen. Amen. Actually, it's very simple, but it's not always so easy. (laughs) Because it's all about our attitude. And I think if the Lord can help us in this season to understand that we are called to have a radical heart. That we can't get away with an average heart. We can't just live with a moderate heart. It's impossible. We trust the Lord for breakthroughs. Key number three and the last key is, if you want to be a person living with a radical heart, start ministering to other people. Philippians 2, four says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This is an important key to open up a radical heart. Orientate yourself to kingdom values and kingdom priorities. Shifting from praying for yourselves to increasingly praying for others and start serving them. Focusing on what is eternal rather than what is earthly and temporally. Breaking from self-centeredness to life To a life of serving others from me, myself, and I versus we, them, and others. This is the key key number three, I will think the most radical ones of the three. Because it's turning away from myself, because we are so self centered, even as Christians. Just look at the toilet paper saga. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's just about my, me, myself and I. My family. If we can just survive. No, it's about we, them and others. You will, s- you will begin to see the Lord coming through in ways that will surprise you. Job is a good example of this. Listen to Job. 42, 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. So it's so important to understand. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and everything that will be, and everything will be added unto you. Romans 12.21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. With good. So how do we live with a radical heart? Start living for other people. Start turning away from yourself. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us, now grow, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we, will re- we shall reap if we do not lose heart. John Wesley once said, Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can i think we must put that against our fridge do you think so i think so because this will challenge us to understand this is the gospel This is Jesus' life. He did that, and Christ is living in us. So we should start turning away from our own stuff and say, Lord... What are we going to do in this community? How are we going to take hands with other churches? Lord, how are we going to break down walls of discouragement, of of hopelessness, of loneliness? Only when we come together and strategize together and say, Lord, how can we make a difference? I believe you will see the church in action with people with radical hearts. That's a challenge to us. You can stay as you are as long as you wish to stay. As you are. Or you can change. It's your decision. With such an attitude. You will definitely live a radical life. It's so important to understand. That, that the Lord wants to challenge us. To, to a higher level of living. And one verse that has helped me. Quite a lot. Is Romans twelve two, And I want, quickly want to share with, this with you. Romans 12. 2, 2 says, Do not be confirmed. To this world. But be transformed by the renewing, not the removing. <laughs> Some Christians think you must, you must remove your mind. No. The renewing of your mind. You see, when you are born again, your spirit was uh, renewed in a, in a second. The moment you accepted Christ, you, you, you experienced the rebirth of Christ inside of you. But the problem is our minds. Our soul. That's where the problem is. And now Paul comes and says, let this word that you're hearing today, let it transform your mind. Your spirit is well. Jesus is living inside of you. But Christ must be formed in your mind. You must understand that there are uh, blockages in, in your mind. There's Some stuff has happened to you in the past. There are emotional stuff in your house, in the schools. People have done things. Uh, terrible things to you, it's all blocking Christ to be released in you. That's why Paul is coming and saying, let the word that you hear, let it wash you, let it transform you, let it renew your mind so uh, that you may prove what is the good, listen, the acceptable and perfect will of God. And one day I was reading the scripture and I said, Lord, explain it to me. Help me to understand this better. And then, this came to me, and I want to share it to you. You see, when, when your minds are renewed, you can, you can experience God's goodwill. And I want to say this, when, when you accept Christ, and you, you experience God as a good father, that is God's goodwill. You become a Christian, you become a believer, your life has been changed as a child of what age you, you've given your life to Christ, it doesn't matter. But you experience God's good will, and it's wonderful. And, and you, be, you come into a church, and you sing songs, and you, you, you meet new friends, but there's, a, there's a, another level, and that is the acceptable will of God. And it is as the Holy Spirit showed me, that is when I discovered my place in the body of Christ. Where I discover, where do I fit in? uh, 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 Do I hear? Do I see things? uh, Where do I fit in? Where do I... Have to fit into to make a change in this world that is the acceptable will of God, and there we use small groups and I quickly want to illustrate this to you in a very practical way. So what we do, and that is what we have done uh, with our church in South Africa, where we started out with with uh, one church that was busy closing down, and uh, we were invited to come and help this church, and eventually the Lord helped us to establish people. That has discovered their gifts in the body of Christ. So we, we use small groups. And when we have a small group, we will, we will share uh, some songs together. And we will sing. We will have some time of prayer. But eventually we will have people sitting on a chair in the small group. And then the other people will come and stand around us. Around this person. And start praying for him. And if there's challenges we, we, we pray for breakthroughs. We will share the word over this pro- person. We will tell this person what we see is the gift that God has given him. And, and something happened in this person. And, and you can see he's getting up to a new level. And then the next person is coming in and sit on the chair. And we pray with them. And we prophesy over them. And we speak life over them. And we have seen small groups develop all over the city. People. Coming into the acceptable way, will of God. You see, it's not so much about information. It's more about formation. We've got a lot of information. A lot of churches. A a lot of internet sermons. A lot of of, of stuff coming our way, and that's good. Information is always good, and you just can go and Google everything. (laughs) But the challenge we have in church is the formation. Paul says the following. I want to read it to you. My little children, Galatians 4.19, my little children of whom I am again in travail, until Christ be formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. The good will of God is, 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 is great, you know, and I've been baptized, and I am start going to church on Sundays. It's good, and you can stay here, and you can go to heaven. But you will miss out if you don't experience your place in the body of Christ. And I believe this church is doing that, and we, we are part of the Church of Christ in, in uh, where do we live? Hills. Arana Hills. <laughs> <laughs> so we're helping people. But I want to encourage you. And I, do you have small groups in this church? Great. Great. Trust the Lord. You know, when when Jesus came to this earth and after he died and went to heaven, for 300 years there were no churches, buildings. People came, come to, came together in, in houses. Small groups. And I believe that is where formation is taking place. So I want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, trust the Lord. Start a small group. Become a cell group leader and say, Lord, I want to trust you in my my area, in my family, that we will start praying for each other, uh, prophesying over each other, and see the body of Christ raising up and becoming an influence. Then they move from house to house. Go and look at Acts Two, where the Holy Spirit was poured out and they moved from house to house, breaking the bread. There was energy. There was, there, was, there was life. But then there's the last one. This is the acceptable. But then Paul says the perfect will of God. And I believe this is where you become mature. And hear the voice of God. For your community. For your neighbor. For people around you. For people at work. That are sending out SOS. SOS, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. They don't say it, but you can see it in their eyes. And where you start and say, Lord, I'm going to live beyond myself. I want to live in God's perfect will. See the lostness the brokenness, and the pain of our city. You see, we can have church here every Sunday, and that's good. And we can have small groups, that's good. But there's a next level, and I believe is the perfect will of God. If you can go and make a study of cities, how God was interested in cities, how Jesus uh, cried when He saw Jerusalem, and you can go to many stories in the Bible. And today, if we look at cities, they are in trouble. But as a church can come together. And we can start making a difference. You say, Carl, is it possible? Yes, for sure. I want to give you Ephesians 2, 10 again. He creates each of us. By Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better been doing. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Remember, you also have the Holy Spirit with you. You don't only have Christ, you have the Spirit. Galatians 5:25 says, "If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." Another translation says, "Keep in, step with the Spirit." So Monday morning when you get up and you walk into your workplace, walk in, step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not so easy. <laughs> Not so easy. But that's a challenge of a radical heart. To say, Lord, you've, you've brought me into this situation. You see, many people in your workplace will, won't go to church, ever. You're the only letter of Christ that they will read. You're the only witness of Christ in their lives. And that's why start praying for your business, start praying for your company, start praying for your boss, say, Lord, we trust you, start praying for our schools, that is what we did uh, in, in Pretoria many years ago, 25 years ago, we started out doing that, praying for our schools. we went to our police stations, and we, we blessed them with some pizzas, and said, Lord, thank you for this police, men and women, we bless them in Jesus' name. We went to the, the schools, and we just started out blessing the schools, and taking some cake and coffee and bless the teachers. They couldn't believe that churches are doing that. We took the aroma of Christ into our community. And I want to challenge you this morning. Not everything will become perfect. We don't believe that everything will be perfect when Jesus comes back. Jesus is coming back. Amen. We believe that. That will be the cherry on the top. Hallelujah. But in the meantime, we can't just live with a moderate heart. The gospel is challenging us. Keep in step with the spirit. And you will see. How God the father. Is also. In this, in this process. So I quickly want to illustrate this. Can I get. Um, uh, I need three people. You yeah, can just take this. Three young men. Three young men. This young man. Yes. (laughs) Another. You're also young today. (laughs) Yes. Another one. Yes. They're at the back. I'm nearly finished. So in this process of a radical heart. I've got Jesus. Isn't that great? Living in my heart. I've got the Holy Spirit with me in this process. And then I've. Uh, can I take your hands? Yep. They say we shouldn't take hands anymore, but we do it today. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got the Father. You will stand behind us and put your hands on Him and on Him. This is a this is a. And on the tree. Sorry. This is a radical heart. So let's move now, right? Are you ready? Let's go. Keep in step with the spirit. So Monday morning, here we come. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's turn around. Let's go back. Turn around. Here we come, Tuesday. Here we come Wednesday, living with a radical heart. I'm not alone. It's impossible to do it on my own. But with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's give them a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you. Romans Romans 8:31. If God is before us, who can be against us? And I believe that the Lord is going to help us. Let's proclaim. Let's stand and pray the last prayer. Are you ready? By God's grace and power, I will live beyond myself. I will look for opportunities to make a difference. I will strive to do good to people around me. I will see God's perfect will in every situation. I will fulfill my purpose on earth. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that Your word has challenged us, but also encouraged us, that in this process of living with a radical heart, it's not always easy. People will sometimes be difficult. People will stand up against us. The devil doesn't like it. But thank God for your spirit in us. Thank you, Jesus, that you also live in us. Thank you, Father, that you are with us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we became part of the Trinity. We are family of God. We are part of the household of God. And you said, "I will build my church." And therefore, Lord, we pray for this community, not only for this church, but for every church in this community. And Father, in the future, when we pass another church, we will reach out your hand and bless that church in Jesus' name. When we when we drive by, uh, 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 next to a school, Lord, that we will bless that school. When we see a police station, we will bless that police station, Lord. When we see people around us in need, we will we will we will be creative and do something about it. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful opportunity that you've created for the church to come together. And thank you also for the City Changes Movement, Lord, that's bringing church leaders together in Brisbane. And thank you for for Pat and his church that are part of this process. Uh, they, They said, yes, we want to be part of it. And we bless this church and every other church, Lord, and we see the future. We see that you are with us, that you are in us, that you are working through us. And I bless every person standing here this morning. I bless every family. I bless every teenager. I bless every old age person, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And we pray for calmness. We pray for for your peace. That will protect our minds. We come against this coronavirus, Lord. And we pray your protection. Uh, upon our people, we plead your blood upon us, Lord, and we pray that this virus will come to an end, that it will not destroy people's life, but in this process, will, that people will come to you, that people will cry out to you, and that they will be that they will become uh, followers of Jesus Christ because of this crisis, Lord. We, 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 we commit this whole situation in your hands. You've said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And we pray about it, Father, and we bring it before you. And we say, Lord, we trust you for a miracle. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated.